Welcome to the Professional Plumber Podcast. We hope that these podcasts will bring some insight into who we are and what we do. So while in conversation with the PIRB, sit back, enjoy, and make sure to connect with the PIRB on Facebook or at pirb.co.za for more. It's a lack of warm welcome to you, the listener and the viewer out there. This is another exciting episode of the Professional Plumber Podcast. This is, again, uh, a lack of technical discussion that we're going to have. And as usual, I don't roll, allow, uh, I don't roll alone, <laughs> alone for these podcasts and vodcasts, uh, especially for the technical ones. I have our technical expert and knowledgeable person, Mr. Richard Bailey, calling in. Uh, through the internet. Richard, a warm welcome to you as well. Uh, thanks, William. I thought when you said uh, technical expert and knowledgeable person, I was expecting to hear, yeah, I don't know, John Jones or somebody like that. And then I was quite surprised when you said my name. But anyway, we'll do our best. <laughs> you know what, Richard, when I, when I say technical guru, you always correct me. You say, no, no, Willem, Willem, I'm not, I'm no guru. <laughs> no, I'm just a player. You know, as I was doing my introduction, I thought, okay, let me think of another word to use there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just, yeah, we just, uh, we do our best, do what we can. <laughs> Listen, Richard, it's going to be a lacquer technical episode today. Um, we're going to discuss, in fact, we're going to discuss the accessibility to drain and wastewater pipes or drains and wastewater pipes. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's a, it's a topic that, sort of is in the back of the mind to most consumers and most people in the public out there, even to architects and those kind of things. But it's it's a topic that's close to heart to the plumbers and the plumbing industry. So I think there's a couple of things that is to be said about it. And I do have a couple of questions that I want to ask you about it. But before we get into the juicy details of our conversation, uh, let's just go to a quick ad break. To our listeners and our viewers, don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Are you a tradesperson or a trading company that is looking for a platform to market your services? Let Articulated speed up the process for you. You can use our podcast to sell your services. Email us for a quote at organizer at articulated.co.za. You can also visit our website at www.articulated.co.za. Welcome back. You are still tuned into a lack of technical discussion of the Professional Plumber Podcast. And uh, this episode, Richard Bailey and I are discussing at the accessibility to drains and waste pipes. Now, Richard, just before we went into the ad break, um, I, when I introduced our topic of the day and, and what we're going to discuss about, I mentioned that, you know, accessibility to drains and 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 uh, sewer pipes and waste pipes and those kind of things is something that's sort of an afterthought you know it's always when <laughs> in many cases in many instances that your your architects and those kind of things th those kind of people they they usually focus on aesthetic uh, the aesthetics of a building and a design and they sort of forget that um, you know, plumbers have to access those those pipes and those drains and those waste pipes. Um, it's sort of an afterthought, yep. but it's close to the heart of plumbers because it is clear 
that when there's a blockage, plumbers need to access drains and waste pipes. Yeah. So now I want to ask you, are there clear standards that dictate the measure and the extent of the access that's needed or that's required? Yeah, yeah, uh, Willem, uh, they, they, they absolutely are. But before I, uh, I go in there, I just wanted to warn you against one thing. You know, before we went into the ad break, you said, um, uh, let's, before we get into the juicy details, now, I wanted to remind you that we're talking about sewage systems here. So, I don't know how many juicy details you want me to get into when we talk about sewage systems, but, but it's fine. We'll, we'll overlook that. And carry on with the, po with the podcast. <laughs> uh, so, all right. But, yeah, Willem, yeah, let, back, back to uh, sanity. Absolutely. They are, the, the standards are very clear. Um, and, and for obvious reasons. You know, you mentioned that uh, there is a notion, or not a notion, there is a tendency sometimes in certain uh, designs of buildings to overlook the requirements, the access requirements after the fact. Everybody's wanting clean lines, clean uh, facades, uh, uncluttered uh, facades, no visible pipes, etc. Which is great, but then and there are ways to achieve that and still comply with the requirements. And if you have a look or think back on a, a, on a, a podcast or a vodcast that we did a, a while ago, we spoke about ducts and duct work mm. so so that'll so we're not going to go into ducts and duct work now but it's hand in hand with this so there are ways and there is an oversight of of the required the required access you've got to get into these things so mm. yes sans 1025 two stroke two and sans 10400 part p will right. speak to a large volume about uh, access and that, that's pretty much where we where you will get the the vast majority of the information regarding the requirements of, of access for, for a drainage system. Mm. So Richard, as I alluded to in my introduction and just before I blasted off with my first question to you, I think it, the, the need for access <clears throat> to the, you know, drains and waste pipes stems yeah. mainly for, from the need to, to sort of clean drains. You know, yeah. you need to and, 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 and I would assume to also sort of replace them if they, if you know, if they're leaking or something like that or fix a leak in them. Is that correct? Yeah, you're 100% correct. So one, one's mind immediately jumps to, well, how do I clean this drain? How do I unblock a blockage? How do I get to it to unblock a blockage? So absolutely, yes, that is a, one of the basic requirements for any drainage system is the ability to access the interior of the pipe for cleaning. But also for things like uh, inspection, uh, Willem, you know, you need to be able to, uh, um, I know these, the, the time limit on these podcasts are limited, so I'm not going to go into details, but I recently had uh, uh, an, in, an interaction, let's say, with a, quite a large drainage system, and we inspected it internally, uh, thoroughly, um, over, the, over a three or four day period, and, 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 and the 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 revelations that are revealed by 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 just looking at it from the inside it's incredibly valuable so yes you need to be able to access it for inspection you need to be able to repair parts of it and you need to be able to replace parts of yeah. it and 
unblock uh, whatever section might or might not be blocked. So yes, there's all different kinds of access that is uh, that is required. You know, I just wanted before we move on, I just wanted, and I think I might have given you this analogy. My mind works. My mind likes analogies, and one of the things. One of the analogies I work or use when describing the lack of access in drainage systems is if you go to the car dealership and you buy a brand new BMW and they say to you, as you're driving it off the showroom floor, by the way, it's such a beautiful car. You know, we didn't really want to ruin it with a big old zip or, 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 or access hatch here. So when you need to replace your brake pads, what we'll do is we'll simply cut the fender away. We've got very good uh, workmen. And we'll just cut the four fenders away. And don't worry, the welding department is excellent. And we'll make that weld when once we've put it back, we'll make it seamless. Mm. And we, we've got matching paint and everything. So just letting you know. And that is what some designers of buildings mm. expect homeowners to accept straight off the bat when, mm. when buying a brand new property. That's the reality of it, Willem, except for the fact that the, the damage to the building is much more costly and unsightly than uh, damage to a little fender of a car. De definitely, definitely. Um, you know, it's debatable if it's more more costly, Richard. But definitely, <laughs> it, it, in appearance-wise, if, if they fix it, if they do fix it, it's not going to be quite as seamless as on a BMW's yeah. body part. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's not going to be a pretty sight to see. Um, but you're absolutely that, correct. Yeah, the point is that why are we so complacent about it when it comes to our homes? Yeah. Would we would we ever accept it if we were to buy a brand new car? Absolutely not. Mm. But I and, think and so why why are we accepting it in our homes? I think Richard, it may be a, a sort of a um uh, ignorance and, and, and that people don't explain these finer details to the homeowners and especially from a new designs perspective. You know, the designers don't necessarily tell them, listen. But if I design it this way for you, then it's not necessarily going to provide proper access to, uh, you know, to plumbers. If plumbers need to replace a part or come and fix it or unblock it for that matter, and then yeah. if they they have to come and do it, then you know the damage to this beautiful building that I'm building for you now um, is going to be it's, there's going to be proper damage to it, and it's when you know, it's it's not going to be as pretty when it's fixed up and closed up again. Yeah, and I mean, it causes a myriad of problems, uh, Willem, trust me, it's not just the, the aesthetic problems of having a big hole chopped in the side of your wall. Mm. The, 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 the problems latched onto that down the line, is it's a myriad of them. So, so trust me, it's, it's a crazy notion. But we're not going to get into that today. We will just talk about the requirements of access. Absolutely. So we've looked at a couple of reasons of why it would be necessary, different reasons for why it would be necessary to to access uh, drains and yeah. waste pipes. So, but let's talk about what types of access yeah. will be acceptable. So, the, it, and again, it depends. And if you think back on why we would need access, we mentioned uh, inspection, we mentioned cleaning, we mentioned repair, and we mentioned replacement. So all four of those uh, things uh, need different types of access. Sometimes, a, a human being must be able to walk into and up to a pipe to look at it. Sometimes you just need a little uh, um, uh, inspection eye to be popped off and a, and a camera shut inside. So it depends what type of access is required. And and this is where it becomes necessary to understand what the standards re mm -hmm. require 
and um, and and so that one can be clear. It's actually not that it's not that complicated. It's not that difficult. So the it, but it's often overlooked. Um, one can go, you know, the, the types of access could be manholes, inspection chambers, which are slightly different, um, uh, um, rotting eyes, uh, inspection eyes. Yeah, those four re roughly, and and that could be and that could be scattered around the the system so as to fulfil the requirements of the of the standard. Richard, I know I know that we you mentioned it yourself that we had a separate podcast um, about ducts specifically about ducts and the requirement for ducts, but that is also an acceptable and a required in some instances a required type of access. It is. It is absolutely right. So. Uh, Richard, so we've spoken about the different reasons why we would need access to drains and waste pipes. We've spoken to the different types of access um, that, that, that is required. Let's talk about what the actual requirements are and what should plumbers be sure, sure to follow for, and, um, for an, what should they be sure to follow for an installation to be compliant? Okay, so in a nutshell, and we can expand on this, uh, but in a nutshell, any part or any portion of the of the system or any interior pipe uh, of the of the system must be accessible for cleaning, maintenance, inspection, etc. So, as a designer of a system, I must make sure that, and I must continuously ask myself the question: I'm putting this pipe here now. How am I going to get a rotting uh, a drain rod into it in the future. Now, I, I just wanted to uh, say something very quickly that the standards require rodable access. There's a very big difference between rodable access and uh, whether or not a pipe is accessible by means of a very, very nice modern jetting machine or, or, or drain snake type arrangement. That's all very good and well, but the standards require rodable access, good old fashioned uh, drain rods that you hook up together and you work manually. So that is the access of uh, the, that is required. So that's very important uh, distinction to, to draw. Basically, Willem, the interior of all pipes, um, and there are actually quite a number of more specific requirements as well, which, which, we, which we'll get into. Richard, um, I wanted to ask you just very briefly because I, I'd like for us to, to go into a quick ad break quickly. But just before we do, I just want to shoot a question to you just off the charts here um, and, 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 and from the hip. Um, you mentioned that the, the standards require for um, a rodable access, right? Is it, is it perhaps that... Uh, and they haven't sort of been reviewed in the meantime when new types of technology like your cameras and your snake cams and those kind of things um, have have come onto the market and is now sort of more commonly used by plumbers. Um, and that that's the reason well, that's one of the reasons why standards are often reviewed or not often, but that they are regularly reviewed. Is that is that true? Am I making a... a, a, a uh, <coughs> I'll give you my opinion. Um, I'm pretty sure it, it will never change uh, because the the if if one if one were to change it, 
it would then depend. Let's 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 open that can of worms and say, okay, let's change it. So let's let's make a, a drainage inspect a drainage system accessible to a modern uh, drain clearing technique. Okay, which technique exactly? Mm. Uh, is it jetting? Is it uh, um, is it drain snaking? Okay, jetting. Okay, what size machine? What uh, what rating of that machine? Uh, the the best one, the the best possible one. Okay, how many plumbers have got that? Two in the country. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So so it opens up a very very it 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 complicates the landscape terribly. So I don't think that will ever change. Mm. I think that the the standard would require for good old fashioned drain rods to be able to access every part of the interior of that system, regardless of the available. Uh, um, technology of the time mm. simply and and simply also because um not every uh, a maintenance plumber has got access to this machine yes. we're talking hundreds of thousands of rands yes. uh you know if you want a full setup to you know to half a million rand mm. so i certainly don't have that equipment in my backyard and, and nor does most other maintenance plumbers so which means that a um, badly and i'm going to call it badly designed drainage system uh is now going to cost upwards of you know 50 60,000 rand every time to to sort out a blockage which shouldn't have been there in the first place yeah so no i don't think it's going to change richard i'm actually looking forward to to hearing more about the specifics of the requirements um, but just before we go into that juicy details <laughs> let's go into another ad break quickly to our listeners and our viewers out there please don't go away do stay tuned because we've got some more details for you just after this. We'll be right back. Are you having questions about the Plumbing Industry Registration Board and the plumbing industry in South Africa? Well, then join us on the couch and in conversation with the industry experts to answer all your lingering questions about the plumbing industry. The PIRB remains committed to ensuring open and consistent communication within the plumbing industry. So, be part of the conversation. Send us your questions on email at communications at prrb.co.za or on WhatsApp on 079-833-6930. Become a part of the conversation today. Hashtag on the couch. Hashtag PIRB. Plumbers are excluded from the Occupational Health and Safety Act 1993 Pressure Equipment Regulations. However, an exception thereto allows plumbers to install geysers up to 450 litres, provided they're installed according to SANS 10254 and manufactured according to SANS 151. In celebration of World Toilet Day, Articulated offers a 10% discount on the SANS 10254 the electric water heater course. Visit IOPSA training today to book your online course and learn not only what the SANS 10254 requirements are, but also why they are. Welcome back. You are still tuned in to a, like a technical discussion on the Professional Plumber podcast in which we are discussing access to drains and waste pipes. Now, just before we went into this specific ad break, we, Richard and I talked about um, some of the different reasons why access is needed uh, to uh, drains and waste pipes. We also discussed different types of access that would be accessible. 
and we discussed the fact that you know there are standard requirements of the South African national standards, specific requirements uh, for access to drains and waste pipes. And uh, Richard, now I would like to ask, would it be accurate to say that although there are specific requirements, that individual installations require or would require uh, individualized sort of designs for this access? And, yeah. and, and can we then go into a little bit more specifics and more specific access requirements? As a, as a broad statement, Willem, that the, your first question is 100% correct. Uh, each, each system, you will have to sit and think about, and you will have to decide how to provide the necessary access to, your, to the drainage system. And that might mean changing the design of the drainage system slightly, and, and that'll have to be done at, a, at you know, the quotation and the design phase. But, but yes, so that is true. It will be specific to the building, although there are overriding, um, uh, not overriding. They, well, there are overriding specific requirements, and which and, and which you need to then bear in mind in order to achieve that, if, if that makes sense to you. Mm. So things, things, and I'm just going to go down a list here because if you go to the standards, they will give you uh, 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 a couple of pages of requirements. But I've just kind of distilled it down and given. Uh, some bullet points. So, when a discharge pipe enters the ground, now a discharge pipe could be a waste pipe or a blackwater pipe or a sewage pipe, you need access to the interior of that pipe within two meters of the ground level. And and just stop me whenever you want to, Willem, to, to perhaps ask a question. I'm, I'm happy. I'm going to go mm -hmm. down the bullet points. So within two meters of the of, of, of ground level, when a pipe enters the ground, it needs access to the interior of that pipe. Access, so rotable, cleanable access. There shouldn't be any access within a kitchen or a pantry or a food preparation area, except if it is a waste pipe which serves a... A fixture within that area. So yes, I, I can get to the waste pipe of the sink in the kitchen because I have to. It's there, right? So, but no other access. I can't perhaps, put a rotting up. Perhaps also the washing machine that may be positioned in the or located in the in the kitchen. Hundred percent. And another another um, uh, um, proviso to that is if there is a floor drain in that kitchen, and there is a waste pipe which enters and discharges into that floor drain, which you can have. Um, then, I, then obviously that is also an, an access point and that's, that's allowed. So uh, any access within a building, so if it's within a building and, and you have to access the drains, which, and this is the irony of the standards, it said, as far as possible, please don't put any access within any building, but let's just go with what the standards say. If you have to have access within a building, that it must be screwed or bolted down and it needs to withstand a positive pressure within the pipe system of 50 kPa mm. before it starts to leak. So that is the requirement for any internal uh, access to any waste or drainage system in, inside of a building. So rotting eyes. Rotting eyes are those, are those things that you would see uh, walking around any residential building, villain. Uh, it would have, uh, you know, walking around on the grass, you'll find every now and again this round plastic or or sometimes cast iron cover. Um, and uh, that is what, there's many different types, but that is a rotting eye. 
sometimes just the round plastic cover is not sufficient. You need to then sink it down, cover it with a with a manhole, small manhole cover, lid and, lid and frame for certain circumstances. But a rotting eye is the thing that you would find on an exterior underground drainage system that allows access to this drainage system from the above ground position. So rotting eyes, uh, all manholes for that matter, because they are pretty much interchangeable. A manhole speaks for itself. It's, it's a chamber uh, that allows for a man to get into. Okay. And uh, so they are reasonably interchangeable. And depending on the local bylaws, depending on the requirements of the architect, etc., you could ask for a rotting eye in some cases, or a manhole, or both, or whatever the case may be. So, uh, they need to be uh, installed uh, at any change of direction which is greater than 45 degrees, except if the bends, except if the radius of the bends of that change of direction is at least or greater than 600 millimeters radius. So if you have a very slow bend change of direction from between 45 degrees and 90 degrees, you can forego a rotting eye at that change of direction twice mm. with two, cha two changes of direction uh, between any two other rotting eyes. I hope that makes sense. So if I have, so I'm supposed to have one at every single change of direction. But if I cannot have one at this change of direction because of uh, the circumstance and there's a wall there or whatever the case may be, and I would rather forego it, then I must make sure that the bend that I use for that change of direction has got a, a, a centerline radius of 600 or more, 600 millimeters or more. Then I can forego the access to that change of direction. Then a rotting eye or a manhole has to be situated between, or no, not between, I beg your pardon, within 1.5 meters of any main connection from the drainage system to a main connection. So that be municipal sewer, conservancy tank, or septic tank, within 1.5 meters of that connection, there needs to be a manhole or a rotting eye. And then at the highest point of any drain or any branch drain. In other words, I must be able to start from the top and rot all the way down. So at the highest point of any drain or branch drain, uh, where the branch drain is, is, must be provided with access. At the top or, at, well, on top of all stub stacks, uh, stub stack, we can perhaps do a podcast about that because that's quite an interesting misconception in and of itself and, and how it should be used and included in a closed drainage system. So we could probably do a podcast on, on stub stacks, but to note for now, is on all stub stacks, there must be a full bore cleaning eye, rotting eye, okay? And then at intervals along the drain uh, of not more than 25 meters, and that is deemed to satisfy um, from, from 10400 part P, not more than 25 meters intervals, I must be able to access and rod from. They must be strong enough to withstand the expected conditions. How often have you gone to you tell me, anyway, driveway, your friend's house, your house maybe, my house maybe, and in the driveway there's this hole, this kind of plastic cover that has uh, been attacked by the UV rays, brittle, and driven over four times, and now it's got three-inch diameter hole, and that's your range system. So, that, <laughs> so that's not allowed, obviously. 
it's got to be able to withstand the expected conditions. You cannot put plastic rotting eye covers uh, in, in direct sunlight if they are not rated for it. And certainly where there's heavy traffic, cannot put them there. So you've got to use horses for courses. Um, and then where a drain passes under a building, be clear, I'm saying where it passes under a building, not when it's, we're not talking about a toilet pipe coming from a toilet to the outside. That's not passing under a building. Mm. We're talking about a drain that enters one side of the building and exits the other side, straight through, pass through. That has to have rotting access from either side, not, not from both sides, should I say, and next to that building. So I must access that drain next to the building and on both sides. Mm. Okay. This is where the standard says you, you should, as far as possible, not have any access from within the building. Certainly not that drain. Mm. The drain that passes in under the building may not have access within that building. Any access to the drainage system, whether it's rotting eyes or manholes, should not allow any ingress or egress of water or air. It must be properly secured and prevent that. And it must be marked and visible. I must be able to identify where it is. How many times have I gone to do inspections or looking for stuff? And there is just, yeah. where's your where's your rotting eye? Should be one about here. No, I don't know. Okay, so it's not marked, not visible, probably overgrown, probably tree planted on top of it. So that's the, the that's the in a nutshell, Willem. The if you stick to those, that you should be good. You should be good. You know, as a layperson, Richard, I always I tell you, I always tell you that I find these technical conversations very interesting because I learn a lot from them. The fact is that I found it very interesting that you would say that if, you know, a, a drain pipe that runs, uh, you know, under a building, it enters on the one side and it goes out on the other side. The fact that that specific one, I mean, it goes in on the on one side of the building and it exits on the other side of the building, that that specific pipe is not allowed to have an, an access point within the house itself or in, within the building itself. It's very interesting to me to hear that, um, but I think that's that's something for another for another discussion. But what I wanted to ask you quickly, Richard, is um, we we know now that there are specific requirements of the standards, and it's there for a reason. And it's the the fact is that if something goes wrong with a drain or a waste pipe, it needs to be fixed by a plumber. And if they don't have proper access to it, how do they fix it without breaking the building down? You know, without grinding open a wall, without grinding open a floor and digging up around the house and whatever the case may be. But the fact is that, well, the question that I want to ask rather is that should should architects also know these these standards, <laughs> or is it purely up to the 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 the, the uh, wet water services engineer and the plumber that does the actual installation? on a new building for that matter. Is it purely, purely, purely up to them no. To, no, to, inform, to inform the, the, no. the architects and the engineer, civil engineers? No, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. The architects must know this. They, 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 they are, there are buildings, they are buildings going up that, that make it wholly impossible for any slight compliance to these requirements whatsoever mm. because of the design of the building. 
And so it, it absolutely is at an architectural level, 100%. Uh, there are very, very few buildings going up. Certainly, let's, let's talk about residential buildings uh, that require the services of a wet services engineer. That's far and few between. So there's, there's not a wet services engineer that one can rely on in most, most installations. It's the plumber. But the plumber now, he's now quoted, you know, he's, he's, he's sharpened his pencil, he's quoted to get the job, and he knows he's in competition with two, three other guys. It's a tentative relationship, and he wants to get the job. And now he comes and pushes his chest out and says, oh, there's no duck there, that's wrong, you can't access. What, what, what is the perception going to be? Mm. And, and he's placing himself in danger of, of being so, you know what, you're the wrong guy. We'll get somebody else. We'll just tow the line. So this is the this is the problem. So I find I find that the discussions, those discussions, must happen right at the beginning. Yeah. When when the when the plans are still being drawn, and you say, whoa, 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 with all due respect, this needs to be here, and I can't because of that. Okay. Now what do you mean? Let me show you what I mean. This is what the standards require. That's where it is. And could we perhaps do? Then it's a sort of a give-take, mutual understanding kind of relationship where everybody ends up being quite happy about it. But if you come in there, you know, after the fact, which sometimes is not their choice, but that's when they include it in the please come and quote the building's already up kind of thing. Come and quote, and now you start saying to them, "Oh, well, this is that. That's mm -hmm. the you know that that becomes tricky." Yeah. So the plumbers have got their backs against the wall, and I feel so sorry for 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 the guys that are installing these things because they know. It's not right, but what do they do? Mm. So, Willem, it starts at the architectural level. Absolutely right. And uh, and I and my hope and wish for it to change is uh, that the local authorities would start to clamp down on it and say, no, I'm not giving you occupation because that and that is and that is not wrong. It's not your fault, Mr. Plumber. It's the design of the building. So if that starts to happen, then we'll see a shift and a change. But, but Richard, that also is why these kind of podcasts, these technical podcasts, vodcasts for that matter, carries, yeah. uh, you know, deal value because it's valuable to the plumbers out there to hear this and listen to this. And it may be yeah. things that they already knew and just needed a refresher and a mind, mind refresher of about or a memory refresher about. Yeah. But it's also good for Mr. and Mrs. Jones, yeah. the homeowner, um, you know, the client, the customer to know these kind of things that they can actually from the very beginning in the onset say hey wait a minute but uh, if you design it this way then you know is the plumber going to have access or whatever the case may be Correct. Richard once again thanks a stack for having shared this information with us uh, thanks for your time and effort and having joined me in this podcast we really I really enjoy having these conversations with you always a pleasure Bill. and then to our listeners and our viewers uh, do not go away yet. Uh, we are, we have drawn to a close of this episode, but we do still have some industry announcements and very interesting industry announcements that we'd like to make. So do stay tuned for them right after the ad break. For now, I'm going to go away, go ahead and say goodbye. The PIRB has great news regarding uploading your CPD activities. With the PIRB's added CPD EasyLink, uploading CPD activities has now been made even easier than before. 
There are two ways through which it can be done. Follow the PRB social media platforms for more information in this regard. And of course, it's time to announce the latest winner of the PRB's article writing competition. Congratulations to Hendrik Miller, PRB registration number 5828-16 for his article called Whose Side Are You On? Not only has Hendrik won himself an awesome prize, but also has he earned himself a whopping 4 CPD points as his article will be published on the TMP magazine on App Plumber. Be sure to enter the next round of this exciting competition of which the next topic is different careers in the industry. We are just two days away from our World Toilet Day celebrations. Come and join us at the PIRB's offices in Centurion this Friday, the 18th of November 2022 between 10 o'clock in the morning and 3 o'clock in the afternoon for a fun-filled day. Thanks for having tuned in. Make sure to read more about the PIRB on our website at pirb.co.za and on our social media channels like Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.